Hopefully, this is the original, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Kinda broke the scene and y'all, so all I got is five. I got Welcome to Infuse Influence, and we'll, we'll tell you why that's a special song, right? So today we have um, two two guests. One is a substitute guest, Mr. Ray Vaughn. How you doing? I'm chill, man. How are you, sir? Pretty good. This is the second shot here, so yeah. <laughs> we'll get to it. Um, welcome to Infuse Influence. This is Ulysses, your host, here with um, Ray Vaughn, and we have a special guest, and I'll tell you why it's a special guest, because it's the second time we've had their company here, and then, um, you know, as you know, a company that's diverse in the cannabis space, Major Bloom. Um, you know, it's always good to see young black people also in the space here. So today we are joined with Jalen Jones. Right, Jones? There you go. Appreciate you having me, oh, baby. Of course. And his nickname? What is it, Rayva? Five. Five, yes. So shout out to the song, bro. Shout out to the song, bro. I mean, way to Ulysses and Major Bloom to set the vibes off top, Yo, right? You know what I'm saying? And thanks to. for having me. You're popping my cherry on infused influence. I'm I'm just happy to be here. Yo, we'll have to we'll have to do it again. We'll have to get you and Lauren <laughs> on here again, man. Let's do it. So it's yeah, tell us about well, first and foremost, I mean, you, we were just talking about how you got the nickname Five. So tell mm -hmm. us about your experience, even prior, just with cannabis use in general, and then how you got how you got into Dutchie. Okay, no doubt. So uh, I hail from South Florida. I'm a Floridian from Miami-Dade County. Moved to Arkansas right before high school. Went to college there. Then moved to Phoenix. And honestly, Phoenix is where my affinity for the plant uh, blossomed and expanded and evolved. Because, uh, like, growing up in the Deep South, like, as you could imagine, on both sides, both my mom and my dad, very strict. Both grandparents are in the church, pastors, deaconesses. Yeah. So, like, yeah. even current state, like, my grandmother on my dad's side lives down in uh, Mississippi off the coast by Biloxi. Mississippi just legalized medicinal use, so I love to up. see that oh, expanding. Clap it up. Clap you know it what I'm saying? No, access sure. and access and it's a, to the plant is expanding, so love to see new states coming online. But now I can have that conversation. Hey, Nana, I don't want you to smoke. That's cool. I get it. Maybe not the, the, the edibles, but I can get you some topicals, rub the right. lotion into your hands, get you off those pain meds as much, right? So, like, extending that quality of life a little bit. So that's where that's really grown and now being able to cover it from the professional aspect and see so many and touch so many different markets. It's so dope to see how the operators in the space like yourself, how you guys are really diversifying the game. And like you get this box that you have to play in the sandbox, but nobody said that you can't turn that square into a circle or a triangle. Right. As long as you're still within those hyper-regulated guidelines, we can go crazy. So being able to drop in different shops, whether that was in LA, in Arizona, Vegas, New Mexico, Mass, Illinois, right? All these different markets that we're touching, we get to see the authenticity that comes from this side of the game, right? And like with Mass, Specifically, you guys have such a huge constraint on how you go to market and advertise to customers. Mm -hmm. Like just talking to the Vaughn about this a little bit, you guys can't extend promotions and discounts to adult use patients, uh, customers. Mm -hmm. So how the hell do you really, I'm sorry, <laughs> but how in the world do you go ahead and 
get new customers in the door? How do you diversify from those folks down the street? Mm. Especially when you talk about being a black owned brand, you know, and like that's where my true passion comes out to play. Like there's not too many sides, times where you get to play on both sides of the fence, right? Where you get to fill that professional bucket, put food on the table, support your family. But then on the other side, fuel that passion that you have, right? And for me, I focus on a lot of the, the new market initiatives. Mm. And most of those markets pertain some type of social equity um, bandwidth, right? So now I get to go and talk to a lot of folks that look like me that are trying to break into this space. Mm -hmm. And how many times in the history of this country has there been a level playing field for us to get the same start as someone on the other side, mm -hmm. right? So like for me, again, I just take a vested interest in being able to come and break bread and shop with you guys, support you guys. And I didn't think I was going to be on the podcast. Yeah. Hell, <laughs> you ask, go. I'm going to say how, how high are we jumping? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's clap it up. Clap it up on some real. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. And shout out to grandma too, dude. You know what I'm saying? I can't look. I'm taking a selfie with Nana as soon as she takes that first dose of THC, whichever way let's she go. wants to consume, you know? Dude, we got to get her some tinctures. We got a tincture that's made by my guy here. Okay. And you'll see it when we go on the tour, man. But the, the reviews have, I have not heard one bad thing. I love In it. fact, it's been the opposite. It's And this is a dude from Barbados. It was a very similar story. Grew up in a you know char church household, and like parents were like, ah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But ultimately, he had to um, change up his method of consumption because he had, uh, I think it was a asthma, right? Yeah. So he, he couldn't smoke like he used to smoke. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But then he put his parents on with some things when they had ailments and, and such such things like that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man, it's just, it's a it's a story. You know what I mean? So shout out shout out to the to the parents who still hold us down even though we we consume weed. You know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna change them one way or another. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Eventually, for sure. Eventually, my mom's gonna try a gummy or a tincture. Yeah. Maybe not now. Maybe not in five years. But eventually, and, and it's slip it in there. And it's always mind. funny because like you'll have that conversation with someone who doesn't consume or they tried it a long time ago and they're like. I didn't like how it made me feel. Right. Cool. Well, what were you consuming? How'd you consume it? You sound like a pothead. You sound like a stoner. Well, I mean, this is a medicine. It, you take medicine in different ways, a pill form, a cream. You, you break it down as a, as a powder, whatever it might be. Why can't we consume our, our medicine from the plant the same way? So mm -hmm. if we can find the way that each person likes to consume and break them into it, oh, damn, this wasn't that bad. Right. Especially knowing how cannabis has evolved from when they were right. our age and breaking into it for the first time they were smoking trash weed you know what i'm saying <laughs> so now it's like wild edibles with no dosage right. come on they bro. got that one corner with all the thc and it, yeah. and it greened out <laughs> you even got the middle of the brownie pack yeah. that you made at home yeah. you knew you were gonna be under the couch yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious and then you you mentioned the stigma because it still exists and it's exactly right because it, it, what you sound like is like what, what me explaining to my mom of course she's cool with it and all <laughs> but like yeah it's so normal for us to just take Advil and Tylenol and pharmaceuticals and not even think about it. You don't it. even question you it. You don't even question it, dude. So it's like, how do we break that How do we break that stigma, especially for that, that generation? And, and I think it is a generational thing. There are some young folks that still, you know, might not consume because they had a bad experience. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And still exist with that, with that stigma. But for the most part, it is the older generation that, like, doesn't even think about popping. But it's know? so funny because I think about my childhood, and there's so many times where my parents or especially like my pops and thankfully like he hasn't been that um that conduit that was like no you can't do it but I know I did it back in the day but no right. you can't it's more like once you become 
educated on what you're consuming and you're doing it practically go crazy so right. like now we'll puff together oh he's and like your old man man what yeah, and i put him in the couch yeah. you know what i'm saying he'll be like he'll, like he'll think he can hang and i'm like all right cool but again what we're consuming now is way different from back right then. Right. right now we can test tack levels we know what terpenes are in there and me and him can smoke the same strain and it hits us different right so like we'll be going and i look halfway over i go to pass it i'm like why is it still in my hand yeah. he was asleep, he was asleep right man. getting the best sleep he's ever he's had in weeks yeah. but it's funny because i can think back to my childhood there'd be times where i grab one of his coats just to go out inside outside and play around yeah. when it's cold right reaching his pockets he's got rolling papers yeah. didn't know what the hell they were yeah. but now i go to roll up i'm like yeah pop i remember this huh he yeah, laughs right like, so like it's funny as hell the same parents that are like such against and create and pushing this stigma are the same ones that were right. condoning it back in the gap right, right, right? Yeah. so it's like man come on what yeah, are you doing here yeah so you you play football bro yeah so i played uh football through high school that paid for college as well yeah ew. where'd you play you played in college yeah i played at a division two school in arkansas Washington baptist shout out to the to the uh alumna we are undefeated right now. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Yo, that's crazy, bro. I mean, honestly, like, I was told as a, at a young age, and this probably pushes why I didn't start to consume until post-college, for real. Mm. Like, there would be Till times. after college? There would be times during college yeah, where crazy, I smoked. Bro. But, like, it would be, like, one-offs, right, right? right? And it would be, like, uh, around finals time, we had midnight breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Right? So <laughs> all the homies always smoked, but my parents, my grandparents had me scared straight during school. They were like, dog. If you get kicked out and you lose this full ride, that's my foot up here, you know, yeah, you know? That's crazy. So, like, midnight breakfast would come around finals. I'm like, hey, look, football season's over. What are we doing? Right. So, I get baked. We go and stack up the plates. And right. they just think, oh, it's the football team. They're hungry. Nah, dog. <laughs> yeah, we're, we we're, the we're monkeys, there. <laughs> but, like, because uh, of the sports aspect. And, we were, again, we drug test regularly. And I see homies dropping like flies right. you know pouring one out for the lost soldiers because right. they get they get busted off a drug test right. and now they're either they have to transfer or now their whole landscape of school is taken yeah, yeah you know what i'm saying and like understanding while i was there you know and i think this also helped shaped how i consume now because i took a different approach like i not knocking it at all like we had folks that were all americans on our team that smoked well, every yeah. day yeah. that just wasn't me right, right you know what i'm saying like I wasn't going to be on that st status where I could remember plays yeah. and then go out here and, like, subject my body to all types of pain. Yeah. I bet you I would have felt better if I was consuming, yeah. but, you know. What did you play? I played slot receiver. Yo, that's ill, bro. Yo, it's crazy that you say that because, you know, I got kicked out of school. I played Division two football, too, and got okay. kicked out of school. I got kicked out of my dorm room my freshman year for, can for cannabis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then by the time my sophomore year, a bunch of injuries – the last game of the season, <laughs> this is messed up. I don't tell a lot of people this. I took an edible because I knew I wasn't going to play the next season. I knew I wasn't going to. Like, it was a wrap. Yeah. It was a wrap. And it was both, both, mostly because I had a bunch of injuries and I felt disconnected from the game when I was injured. thousand percent. But, like, that edible I took, it didn't hit me hard, but it just helped me reflect on, like, the pat, like, growing up playing football and, like, knowing that I was going to transition. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it was just one of those things that stood out to me that, like, yeah, that last game, I was a little high. <laughs> <laughs> but it's crazy because if you think about it now, man, there's so many connections between right. athlete uh, sports right. and consumption with the plant. And now because of science, you feel me, we're Bro. able to make that connection and you can prove that case. Let me tell you, in high school, I used to lift so I could not feel my arms and smoke weed after. It made me feel so good. Bro. <laughs> yeah. I just try to go hard like that. It just helped me go harder. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, there is a strong correlation. And I feel like, um, you know, currently now there's not, um, 
a lot of people who are making that connection. You know what I mean? Um, which, yeah, you know where we're going with this? <laughs> I know exactly. yeah. I've been waiting on it for like please, a few minutes. Please, get into it. Get into it, bro. Um, so we've been having our own talks about uh, Ricky Williams' brand. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Heisman brand. Uh-huh. I assume you're familiar with it. I assume it's national, actually. Um, we were talking about bringing in those products into our store. Yeah. Um, it's cool because... Uh, you know, Ricky Williams as an NFL player and an advocate for cannabis for years. years dog gave up bro. his career yeah. to advocate this for the plant, dog. Like years ago, 15, yeah, 20 bro. years ago. This ain't here faking the fuck. But see, bro. I think before you continue, if I can interject, right, I yeah. think we also have to like laminate how important this is because of right. who Ricky Williams was. Dude, this is like, why I want to He's bring not a in, he's not a bum. You know what I'm saying? Yo. Dude was the Heisman winner from Texas. Yeah. Went to New Orleans and snapped as a youngin. Then yeah. went to Miami and was our whole franchise for years. Yeah, he said our whole. That he's a fucking dog. Yeah, I'm from Florida, dog. I'm from Dade. So like, he's our whole franchise for years where we weren't a bright spot. You right. know what I'm saying in the NFL. Right. So then for him to step away from the game, where some folks would say at the height of his career, because he was like, what you're not gonna do is put me in a box and tell me how I can right. consume what is right. my affinity. Right. Right. right? What and helps me exactly, and it's not a narcotic that is deteriorating his body this is helping him with longevity with not only the career but the life right. so for him to step away and say i'm going all in on this which i'm so passionate about plant medicine oh dog that's a kudo yeah and i respect that from the platform of athletes for them to speak their mind and have their platform now i don't agree with everything right, right. but as a person as an individual we should be able to pursue those things that we're passionate about oh for sure bro for sure see this is the reason why because he's not, he's he's serious about it. I mean, a lot of people, celebrities in general, they like to jump on the bandwagon now. Facts. But this is the dude, when you were like five, bro, <laughs> <laughs> he was advocating for yeah, me. Yeah. We, we've talked about him. So we have another podcast we do here called, uh, for the record, I'm a host on that show, which is why I'm just placed in yeah, the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've talked about him on that show about like, at least three times like we did like an episode just going through celebrity cannabis and people who just hop onto the bandwagon and there are the people who uh like ricky like we all know is an advocate for it bro he gave up his career and then there are the people who i won't name no names but people who just like cash grab exactly bro i can have a strain out there this isn't like what's the word uh it's, it feels not genuine. It's not authentic. Bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> bro. It's not real. It's just someone slapping their name on a label. And then, like, being here, working here, and seeing the process of how that works, and being like, oh, my God. Like, sometimes the people, the celebrity has, you don't even see them. You just Come on, buy dog. the weed. You label it. You're, like, they just put their name on it, bro. Um, so to see Ricky Williams' story and understand that makes those celebrity cash grabs look much worse and that's why cannabis is so unique as an industry and why i've attached to it and i'll probably never leave cannabis you feel me like on the professional side like i'm never leaving it on the personal side ever (laughs) you know what i'm saying like the the best thing for me and my partner is we consume together we're parents dog i have four kids the oldest is seven and the young the youngest turns one on the ninth yeah clap clap for that dude yeah yeah. can of parents where we at baby yeah (laughs) safe consumption your partner's in the space as well i know she's not she's a nurse she's a nurse okay okay so like for us though dog you go through the monotony of her with classwork me with a job that keeps me on the go 24 8 and then we have to still give the kids what they need Mm -hmm. dog without consumption i don't know if they would make it with us you know what i'm saying like they'd probably cause a a mutiny dog and overthrow us and kick us out the crib (laughs) you know what i'm saying but like luckily we're able to consume in different in different ways so we need that time out hey dad's either gonna go to the garage and get out of sight or pop a gummy 
in this way, I can give the kids what they need and not give them the BS that I'm harboring. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. No, that's ill. That's ill, man. So on the Ricky Williams topic, have you tried any of his strains? No, bro. I was in Bend, Oregon um, at our headquarters about a, a month ago, and I tried to get some and they were sold out. And then I that's know they crazy. have it out here, yeah. but I haven't gone to a shop yet that has it. So they're on my short list, though. I've got a few, sh- uh, a few like celebrity brands, right. but like you talked about, that have that authenticity where like the producer, the celebrity, is in there, is tasting the the flower, knows what products are coming out, and is right right in tune. So like they're mm-hmm. on that short list for sure. See the thing is, bro, the same way that cookies has their genetics in multiple markets, I feel that it's just as relevant for us to give that man his flowers you know what i'm saying literally and just be like yo I, we see what you're doing dude like so he's got this string called C- candy moss candy moss gmo vaughn gelati edelmint um yo, all these the Ill- go og yeah so many names bro right so when you hear it you don't necessarily correlate like what it means so you actually have to consume it to be like oh or at least look at the coa yeah because yeah, yeah, again yeah. like cookies we all know the runs you know what i mean you know what i mean so it's like all right we got to give him his flowers and like you know at least that's that's how i feel about it but you know you just hit on a, d- a, a different point though i think as we evolve the consumer interaction with cannabis that's where knowing coas knowing terpene profiles knowing the genetics that are in these phenotypes that are being cultivated that's what's important. Absolutely. Because I was, uh, I, I had a chance to sit down with uh, one of the new growers in, in, in uh, Holyoke, and we're talking. He's like, man, I don't get high anymore. <laughs> right? And he's like, I've just been smoking so long, so many different strains. I'm searching for what's going to get me there now. Was, was it Milltown? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but um, he's like, dog, I'm just on some mad scientist stuff right now. Just mixing mixing different, different phenotypes to see what's going to get me there and looking at the COAs, looking at the Terps. And I think that's where we're going to evolve as an industry. Of course, we still are battling that stigma that we hit on about access and consumption. But once we continue or as we continue to evolve that, I think the next progression is understanding Terps, COAs. Absolutely. So that, yeah, there's certain brands are going to pop, but is that doing what I need it to do? Right, right. right. Yo, what's crazy is that like 98% of the market doesn't test for terpenes. It's crazy. I, I, I wish I wish that we would, but that's a, that's a gap even from a business to business perspective is most places don't do it. And it's not that expensive to test for it. So no, literally. Like, you know, Customers say, aren't like, demanding no one, it though. No. I think no, that's, true. that's what happens. Yeah. And that's where I think that there's kind of a gap in what you just said. Mm-hmm. There's the uh, the access to it and then the wanting the terpenes. But that middle portion right now is the person who's like new and they just want that high tech. Mm. And once we oh, like boy. pretty yeah. much leave that <laughs> yeah. and understand that, like, and like you said, even with certain brands and stuff, if it's not doing what it needs to do for me, move on. So many people, I feel like, buy just off of what other people buy. Like, sometimes people will just say what, take whatever the bud tender says. Right. And it's just like, buy what's good for you Facts. and don't buy something that's hype. Don't just buy it to post a picture of package. But honestly, I think that's how, especially in the retail space, that's how you are able to differentiate yourself from the field, right? Mm. Um, how are your bud tenders and your staff interacting with customers when they walk in? Mm. What are customers seeing in regards to product placement and what's on your walls, right? Like there's some dispensaries you walk in, you won't see THC or TAC anywhere. Mm. They have terpenes everywhere. Right. They've taught their team how to talk to customers about terpenes. Hey, 
Mm-hmm. What are you what are you looking to feel like? Right. How do you want this to what do you want to feel like after you've consumed? Mm-hmm. What's the best way for you to consume this, this way? Again, they're changing the customer engagement and how mm-hmm. as a customer, what I'm looking for in the industry. Right. And I think with newer markets, that's easier to set in place. Right. You look at markets that are just turning wrecked. New York, New Jersey, it's easier for them to change the thought process for customers and how they purchase, not only how they consume, but how they purchase because it's brand new to a 90% of the state. You right? think so though, bro? I, I think no, it I kind is, of agree, bro. Honestly. You think so? If because you, you got to think. there before setting up start like there, THC, yeah, bro. if you just walk in day one and they're showing you terpenes and just attack. If, from a business perspective, but what about from a regulatory perspective? You get what I'm saying? Because it's mandatory for us to show tech. It's not mandatory for us to show terpenes. And I think one of the things I'm thinking about, especially having a sister who lives in Queens mm-hmm. and is just an avid weed smoker, is that I noticed that the legacy people, and you can see how important legacy is, they are the ones that are hard to teach new tricks. Because <laughs> you know? I mean, that's how they, you know, but so I think that's, that's where you got to start too. And like, and shout even, out to the folks in the legacy field. Oh, like sure. that's the only way we got our legs. So you know what I'm saying? There's people who like, I've been smoking since I was 12. I need something <laughs> with high THC. How often do you hear that, bro? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, how do you, how do you, if it's not regulated to teach terpenes, then you have the people who are part of the legacy market and only know, you know, I should be asking for a higher team. Can I drop a, an, an analogy that I hopefully resonates? No, for sure. So let's think about like the sneaker game, right? Back in the early 90s, 2000s, folks were outside in lines, in droves to buy kicks. You still right. do it every now and then, but not right. as much. Right. And you also saw kicks at $100 price points. Right, right. Right. But the games evolved and sneakerheads have evolved now as well. So everything happens now virtually. Right. Folks have bots that are out here purchasing shoes at a high clip. <laughs> and now shoes Yeah, oh, and now shoes are 3x what they used to be at retail. Right. Not a, let alone resale value. Stupid. So it's like I say that to say they had the regular retail sneaker game has forced consumers to conform to these new normals on how they inter- interact with those channels. Right. Why can't we do the same thing? Right, right. right? Well, well, dude, let's talk about Dutchie now. <laughs> we, we got like seven minutes yeah, and yeah, we yeah. didn't even talk about what you do for Dutchie and I, honestly that probably aligns because mm-hmm. you know, what you guys are doing for Dutchie is, is changing how consumers interact with the plant for sure. Oh, you're a smooth brother, how you just set that up. <laughs> you like Jake Kidd in the done, 90s throwing I'm the hoop off the backboard. He's one of my favorite point Let, cards. Of there all we time. go. And I'm going to come through like Richard Jefferson or Vince go. Carter, go between the legs. Um, so I would say, man, the biggest thing that like we're focused on right now, and I mean, across the board in every industry, everybody's bootstrapped because of the economy. But um, it's still a main priority for us to push safe and easy access to the plant. In every one of our markets, we work across the country. We support over 6,000 dispensaries right now for both our point of sale and e-commerce. But what we're doing now is we're filling voids and pushing the industry forward, right? So when you think about cannabis, cash, heavy industry, right? But you still think about how consumers interact with other verticals. Mm. Most of it's virtually, digitally. They can pay at the time of checkout all through whatever device they're using. So things that we're doing in the R&D side and the innovation side, we're rolling out different products that meet that type of need, right? So first with our e-com that dropped back in 2017, our founder was in line in Oregon 
and was like, why in the hell am I standing in line to buy weed? Yeah, that's crazy. I thought he was from Canada, bro. No, no, no. So he's actually from Michigan. Oh, wow. Um, he got his start in food tech. So he's doing food online oh, ordering. Right, Sold a couple of companies, then went to Ben and was like, hey, I'm just going to ski and snowboard. And was opening day of recreational use in Oregon. He's in line and has this aha moment like, why in the hell am I not doing the same thing I did for food? Right. So spun up Dutchie e-commerce. And then now where we are today, we're continuing to push the envelope, right? So uh, again, with like purchasing, very cash intensive industry. So that's where like Dutchy Pay was bred internally. We built this closed loop ACH product, think Apple Pay or Venmo, mm. but now it's cannabis specific. So with our consumers, they're already now on their phones, on their iPads, computers, whatever it is, looking for that dispensary to purchase from. And if they're in the Major Bloom area, hopefully you guys are purchasing from Major, Major Bloom. Continue to plug that. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you could get onto the Major Bloom site, place your order, see what active inventory that you guys have on hand so you don't have to place any ghost orders. Get here pissed off because you said, I just sold that last eighth. I'm sorry, bro. Right? Because like those are certain um, instances where as a consumer, that turns me away. I don't ever want to come back. Mm. Right? Of course, we have folks that are price shopping. They're looking for the bottom. But outside of just price and product, what are other things that are going to make a consumer come to your shop? The environment, the, the education and awareness that your, uh, your team members are giving them, right? The customer service level. That's all what's done in store that you guys control. But what can we bring to the industry? Mm. So like Dutchie Pay. Now that customer can place that order online, pay at the time of checkout. So when they come into the dispensary, I'm in and out, right? I don't have to go to your ATM or get hit with the, the, the debit card fee that might get hit, that's typically in place. Now it's meeting me where I'm at, where I'm used to. Mm. So like when I'm buying these shoes off of sneakers, I already have my card uploaded to, the, to my account. I try to hit, I wait for them to tell me that they got it. Then I get the email that they just hit me for 250 bucks. You know what I'm saying? Must be nice. <laughs> so, so sometimes, you know, it hasn't happened in a while. I'm, I'm speaking it into existence. <laughs> but like with, with cannabis purchasing, that's where... Dutchy pay came into play, mm. right? Why in the hell can I not buy Ricky Williams's flower and pay at the time of checkout on my phone? Mm. Why do I have to go to an ATM, make a stop at the at the um, bank to grab cash, right, right? right? So like, just thinking about how we can push that forward. And there's other things that we're going to start rolling out that are going to help with branding on the operator side, right? Mm. So that now you guys can can start to own more real estate with that consumer because. Mm. That's where it's at is the, re the, the retention and the reorder, mm. right? It's not the attraction because, again, customers think about the food industry, right? Uh, if it was DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, any of those, and I came from DoorDash prior to, so I'm speaking from exist uh, um, experience. Mm. But with those consumers, I'm getting on and I might look at each different platform to see who has the best pricing, the best delivery time, the best assortment of, of, of brands, mm. right? Where we want to push the industry forward Stay away from the marketplace. We want you guys to own these channels so that you're able to really curate that experience for the consumer starting online all the way in store. Mm. So now there's no reason for them to price match. They know that regardless, Major Bloom is going to have the best product, give me the best experience. And if I need to be in and out in 10 minutes, I can do that, mm. right, with Dutchie Pay, yeah. with that express line. Yeah. Well, one of the things, too, is, and honestly, this is what I love you guys for, and we don't talk about it enough because the gap is still there from an operational perspective and a market recognition. 
the delivery, like your delivery module is so easy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that. Yeah. There was so many companies before, like, I don't want to name drop them. They were like, oh, you need this module to plug into this so that you can run delivery smoothly. And I'm like, let us just chill with LeafLogic's delivery module, which is now Dutchie delivery module and see how it goes. And it's been, it's been great printing manifests, all that stuff. So it's for us being equity business, I feel like it's the biggest gap. And we haven't exploited that gap yet or scaled it yet, but I know with you guys and your technology, we'll be able to do so for sure. I appreciate that, but I do want to say we don't do everything perfect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, as long as we're being transparent, like, yeah, there's always sure. things that we can do better. And I think that's what, like, I'm so proud. Pro- that's why I'm so proud to wear the Dutchie jersey because we're listening to what our partners are saying. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And that's like with the new POS we just dropped. We went through three different rounds of beta testing with over 800 active partners. You know what I'm saying? So they, we threw this out, said, hey, fix that. Threw this out, that's even worse. Fix it again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like, yeah. that's the only way we get better as a company. Because you look at cannabis as a whole, every one of our businesses is a startup. Even though some companies have already gone public and whatnot, we're all at the, the infancy stage of what this industry is going to be. So right. it would, be, it would re- be remiss for us not to listen to you guys who are actually in the field and that have to propel the industry and the stigmas forward. You know what I'm saying? Like we're, we're ghosts in the machine. You know what I'm saying? Like you'll, you'll rarely ever see us on the forefront or really advertising Dutchy, Dutchy, Dutchy. We want to push our partners as much as possible. Right. And we'll see you guys on wall street. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're, you're publicly traded now, right? No, no, no. We're still a private company. Really? Yeah. I thought you guys are traded on Canadian stock exchange. Uh Uh-uh. Not yet. Oh, it was just a big round of funding for the two acquisitions. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, We've had a few rounds of funding Um, and that's, I mean, but that, those are the types of things between like the people power. Uh, Uh We have over 600 employees on our team Right, right. and then the capital we've been able to raise that's why we're able to push innovation in the space because right, like right. these are things we can sit here and listen to our partners because mm-hmm. they we, we again span across the country so anywhere where there's a gap and we hear it we feel the need we're able to either build or redirect how our how our system is being functioned no, you know? for sure for sure man no that makes that makes sense um well yeah we're getting close on time <laughs> we we could do this but we have a tour we could keep doing this we have a tour and we're gonna grab some some bread, it is. right um, so what, what words, and I, I guess I could have premised this before, but this show is for um, maybe people around your parents' age, you know, 50, 60, not specifically, but most listeners are. It's a jazz station. So I guess just thinking about, you know, the generation ahead of us, what words would you have for them when it comes to cannabis consumption and even cannabis technology? Be open, right? I think the biggest thing that I've learned over time, especially as a parent now, I think this is where like my biggest mm. maturation has come from. Cause I've been so like structured, this is how it's gonna work. And then you go into it and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's not gonna work, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I would just say like, when I think about the generation before us, just be open to having a dialogue. Even Absolutely. if you don't consume, just hear us out. Right, right. I was at my grandmother's 85th birthday down in Mississippi last weekend. Yeah, shout weekend. out to grandma. <laughs> Woo, yeah, Joyce Jones. We yeah, in here, baby. Um, but, like, I was down there, and we're talking to some of my relatives that are older, and they're like, yeah, so what do you do now? So I told them I work in a cannabis technology company. Yeah. You're like those kids out there getting stoned. Yeah, no I said, way. yes, I welcome that. Let's have a conversation. Because <laughs> I think on the other side of the coin, we also have to present it in a way where it's digestible, where right. it's not combative all the time. Because you know our elders, like, stay in line, stay right. in your box. Right. So let's, the generation before, let's be open to having the conversation. Yeah. And then us, as the ones that are being the advocates, 
let's work on our delivery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, and that's the special thing about this show because it's not stoner culture. It's people that think about it in a high level and that are professionals, mm-hmm. man. So, you know, we definitely appreciate that. Um, so, yo, Jalen Jones, a.k.a. Five, dude. Hey, thank you, thank you for having up. me. Clap Inf- it up. Infused influence. Oh, for sure. Major Bloom. Let's go, let's go. So, yeah, you guys have just been influenced, and thank you, Rayvon, for filling in here, for no sure. Doubt, no doubt. <laughs> of course, and you guys have just been infused. <laughs> <laughs> let's go.